You Want It Darker by Ms. Chunks. Chapter 26 Bomb Disposal Squad. Summary Aizawa tries his hand at defusing a couple of live situations. The results are. mixed. So let me get this straight. You're the son of that brainwashing cop killer? Tamakawa, all things considered, could be taking this a lot better. He glares at Aizawa with his sunflower gaze narrowed, ears twitching and just a flash of feline teeth in his mouth in the accusation. And you knew about this? Of course, Aizawa replies calmly. They'd at least made it into an empty interrogation room before Yamaguchi started running around the police station hollering about the cop-killer son of Dr. Shinso on the loose in the precinct. Aizawa always forgets the way cop-killer becomes something different within the police force, tinged with that dogmatic fervor of us versus them. Without a doubt, there's plenty of people in here who'd consider the officers that Doc killed as an equivalent, even greater, tragedy than the students who still to some degree, voluntarily entered into a death pact with the professor. The cops he butchered were sent in unprepared for capturing a monster, and though their numbers were fewer, their deaths were certainly more brutal, especially the one who came from this particular branch, the last of the doc's cop-killing spree, an author of the Death is Freedom note written with his own entrails. So you just fucking failed to mention that to us? Tamakawa can't fit Aizawa and Hitoshi in the same angry stare, because Aizawa's leaning against the wall on one side of the room next to the door, while Hitoshi's slumped over the table in the middle of it, looking kinda like he could use a nap after they're through with this next round in the washing machine full of bricks that is today so far. I've inherited his brainwashing cork too, seeing as we're clearing things up. Hitoshi offers with great disinterest. That and a little extra, Aizawa wants to add, but doesn't. He can't see it affecting this powder keg of a situation anyway, but explosively. No, they'll tackle those nuances, should they ever need to. The amount of explaining they've already got to do is definitely enough, because Tom is really losing his shit now. It's actually kind of interesting to see him totally unhinged. A first for Aizawa. You told me you were clerk-quirkless! Hitoshi's unfazed, the curl of a grin crouched in the corner of his mouth. I lied. Why would you lie to us? We're the police. We're supposed to be on the same side. Yamaguchi appeals a little more rationally, though with a little more confused hurt than angry. She's closer to Hitoshi, after all. He thinks quirks like mine are creepy, fucked up shit, right? Hitoshi accuses with a corpse-cold look he casts over Tamakawa, who promptly looks away, like he's afraid of making eye contact. I didn't want you to think I'm a bad person just because I have this quirk. And because your father's an actual locked-up villain, Tamakawa delivers with a snarl. Before Hitoshi can respond, Yamaguchi leans, reaches a hand for Tama and grips his arm. That's not fair. He can't help who his father is. Aizawa watches the light shine a bit brighter in Hitoshi's eyes. The effervescent relief of someone not reacting the way... Well, the way Tama is. However, they're not quite out of the woods yet. After the dots connect an almost visible thought bubble above Yamaguchi's head, she says a very clever thing indeed. Is that what happened the first time we met? She looks at Itoshi, whose face is an open book for her in return. The guy you told to lay in garbage. 
the cogs turn and Toshi's little indiscretion comes back into the spotlight. You use your quirk on him. And you thanked me for it. Hitoshi says with a control so perfect, it reminds Aizawa all too uncannily of Dr. Shinso. That tranquil, painted landscape stretched over a scene of total devastation. Would you like to take that back? Aizawa has seen Yamaguchi have a moral meltdown before, and remembers this is only her second week on the job. And to stumble into this. Aizawa can only hope Hitoshi gets through to her. I... That's illegal. I'd have to... Yamaguchi visibly starts to struggle, plumbing the hidden depths of Atoshi's actions, the risks he took for no other reason than he felt it was the right thing to do. You didn't even know me. Aizawa remembers the night well. He'd sworn he would report Hitoshi himself, but in the moment had found every fiber of his gut telling him it would be wrong to let Hitoshi be punished for what he did. Standing up for someone he hardly knew, teaching a lesson to an everyday villain, what heroes do. Please, Yankumi? Hitoshi asks in plain terms, before they start, they before they cart Hitoshi off and arrest him for doing a good deed over Aizawa's dead body. I just want to talk. Yamaguchi may be stalled, but Tom is powered on rocket fuel and takes over the moment he realizes his partner's actually listening to them. No way. This whole thing is fucked. He's been using his quirk on civilians. You can't expect us to... Tom is walking for the door, which is why Aizawa takes a tactical sidestep and puts himself between the exit and Tamakawa. We're just talking, Tama. Aizawa echoes more calmly than he feels, watching Tamakawa's denied grip hover just in front of Aizawa's abdomen. Those hands are relatively human. Tamakawa's got more noticeable pads on his palms and the tips of his fingers. His pointed nails are well kept and would surely do a nasty bit of damage if he scratched anyone. Hopefully they're not about to find a Hopefully they're not about to find out how much damage. Thomas saucer eyes meet Aizawa's, and there are a lot of things. Betrayed? Angry? Afraid? They're supposed to be friends, and secrets of this scale, such a harsh misjudgment of the lay of the land, hurts. It's never easy seeing someone Aizawa cares about upset, but he juggles so many conflicting priorities these days, it's a wonder he hasn't run off the circus to become a clown. Steadying himself with a single, slow blink, Tama issues a stiff, so talk. Aizawa takes a deep breath and tries to figure the best way out of this mess. Thankfully, Hitoshi steps up to the plate first. I want to be a hero. I've always wanted to be a hero. You got a funny way of going about it. Tama turns just enough to glare over his shoulder at Hitoshi, still sprawled on the table like a specimen for examination. That's largely Aizawa's fault. He's got a funny way of going about being a hero himself. I haven't been given many chances, Hitoshi replies simply. Just by a racer head. What's that supposed to mean? Tama chews on, like, cod liver oil tablets. This is hard for him, but it's a language Tamakawa still understands. Denied opportunity, being noticed by Aizawa at the back of the pack. Aizawa's got an eye for dark horses. He used to be one himself. So Aizawa just decides to just dish up the truth once and for all, see who can stomach it. He's not in the hero course at UA. It's a testament to the way Hitoshi's worked things with Yamaguchi, that her initial comment is to this is a shocked, You're still in school? 
Slightly behind this, but still overlaid with it, comes Thomas' more reasonable shout, He's not in the hero course? Aizawa's glad that he's between Tamakawa and the door right now, though he doesn't doubt Tama would try to claw a hole through his torso to open it up, were he determined enough. My quirk only works on people, so I couldn't pass the entrance exam for the hero course. Itoshi explains like he's as dead on the inside as he looks on the outside. I got accepted onto general studies, but I'm going to be a hero. Tom is staring back at Aizawa again. He's a smart kitty, quickly putting the puzzle together on now that he's finally got the full set of pieces. Aizawa gives him a moment to figure it out. Sure, he can see it happening in a, sl in a slight dilation of Tama's eyes as he focuses intently on Aizawa. So that's where you come in. I wanted access to Dr. Shinso. Aizawa states as plainly as the whole mess can be put down to a strict timeline. I found out about Hitoshi's connection to the dock and promised to help him into the hero course if he helped me with this case. Not quite the way you put it at the time, but close enough, Hitoshi teases, but from his pose in the center of the room, one foot up on the table, knee bent while the other dangles loosely over the edge, hands spread wide behind him, the epitome of me, me, me posturing that he probably never does consciously. That's how it is with kids who've had to fight for attention, at least the positive kind. Programmed to put themselves in your way, so you have to notice them front and center. Desperate for something that's so easy to grant. Hitoshi's quirk might be brainwashing, but his secret weapon is how he makes helping him feel so good. Like correcting a mistake in the world's homework. Is he even your intern? Tamakawa searches desperately for a grain of truth, and this is exactly why Aizawa hates to play favorites. They get upset with each other when they work out that they're not unique in their special relationship with teacher. Or that teacher sometimes lies. A logical ruse, he'll claim, if and when his bluffs all turn to bluster. Our arrangement sits outside of UA's jurisdiction, Aizawa answers cagily, probably making it sound much worse than it is by merit of being overly conscious of it. What he means is I don't have a provisional license, so I'm not technically allowed to be his intern. Hitoshi pauses for a second, and flashes Yamaguchi a look that seems to bring the flush back into her cheeks. But I do all kinds of things I'm not allowed to do. If Aizawa thought Hitoshi could flirt his way out of this mess, Aizawa would probably let him. Just because being party to the kid's Romeo routine makes Aizawa feel... odd? Wouldn't be an incentive to shut Hitoshi down if he were likely to get anywhere with that silver tongue, which he's more than demonstrated the capabilities of. It's just that Aizawa's not sure this is quite the moment. So you've got an unlicensed intern, using his quirk illegally, and oh, he's related to the famous cop killer, which has brought the press up our asses? Tamakawa has a go at summarizing with about as much disdain for the situation as Aizawa's come to expect from a member of law enforcement. Sympathetic as individual officers can be on the personal level, Aizawa knows their blood still runs blue. Does that about cover it? I got suspended from school this morning, too. Hitoshi adds with a terminally bored stare he directs up at the ceiling, tipping his head back and letting loose a sigh that makes Aizawa think he needs to that makes Aizawa think he needs to put his kid down for a nap at some point. Fatigue-induced temper tantrums are no fun for anyone involved. Fucking brilliant, Tama growls, only to find himself on the end of a stern glare from Aizawa that makes all his whiskers bristle. But instead of being cowed, Tama comes back stronger. How about you, Eraser? 
been fired? Have your license stripped away and forgot to tell me? Those things won't happen if you keep this to yourselves. As our replies masterfully, putting the consequences right out there for these law-abiding officers to pay heed to. Do the lawful thing and watch the damage it does, or do the right one and understand that the circumstances sometimes call for leniency of what's considered a crime. Aizawa doesn't deny any of the things he's done with Hitoshi that technically constitute crimes, and a few more Aizawa's done all by himself. But they're petty crimes of necessity, committed in the natural course of pursuing a far greater evil, and keeping anyone as talented and deserving as Hitoshi in the general studies course should be a crime. Yet here he is, a renegade on suspension when he should be learning valuable class credit, earning valuable class credit. You're asking us to lie for you? Yamaguchi's voice trembles a little, like the, but the rest of her is solid. Only if someone asks, Hitoshi replies deviously. How about for a start, you just don't arrest me? Even though that's literally our job, Tama voices immovably. And although he's inched little by little away from the exit Aizawa cut off, there's still a chance the spook cat might bolt and run. Like he's holding himself in place to resist that urge, Thomas' arms are crossed, gripped tight around his own biceps. You're breaking the law. There he goes again, blue through and through. Aizawa tries not to begrudge either of them for it. They can't help being police officers. We can't catch Shioko if you throw Hitoshi under the bus. Aizawa lobbies harder, looking right at Tama like he's got him against the wall. Even though Aizawa's the one with his back to the door of this room, they'll have to hope no one is due to use anytime soon. Remind me, did you become a police officer to put kids in jail? He wouldn't get put away, not for a first offense. Yamaguchi tries to soften the blow, but Aizawa's been bare-knuckle fighting for days. Someone else wouldn't. Hitoshi relishes the words like he's taken a bite out of a raw lemon. I would. His accusatory gaze burns into Tamakawa, who stays focused on Aizawa, like Tamakawa's afraid he'll turn to stone if he dares to look back at Hitoshi. Look how badly Tama reacted. A judge would take one look at my file and order me bound and gagged. Just like they did with Dr. Shinso during his trial, Aizawa remembers from old newspaper articles. Aizawa wonders what it must have felt like being the professor's ten-year-old son at the time of his arrest. Relieved, maybe, from what Aizawa's heard about the time before the doc got put away. Knowing he'd finally been taken into custody could have been the end of years' worth of worry. Hitoshi's mother leaps to mind, pinning a note on the corkboard of Aizawa's thoughts to make sure he tells her what the fuck's going on with her son. Also Hizashi, who could, frankly, ring at any moment. And given Aizawa's not bleeding out, he's got no excuse not to answer. So Aizawa needs to hurry this shit along. If you want to report Hitoshi later, fine. Aizawa says, even though it's not fine and he definitely doesn't mean it. He's just buying time. A logical ruse. But only after this case is closed. Aizawa's gaze goes past Tama to meet Hitoshi's, and he says quite simply, I can't do it without him. That's not strictly true, but what Aizawa really means is it wouldn't be the same without Hitoshi. As a Shinso, he's so close to the heart of this wicked tale, tied up in the same twisted history that cultivated the deranged killer Shioko under the influence of Hitoshi's demented father. 
If they arrested Hitoshi, the police might be able to keep him safe, but not safer than Aizawa can. Hitoshi looks right back at Aizawa with an adoring grin, his lips splitting from a smile to a fully-fledged sarcastic, Aww. And Aizawa's probably starting to get embarrassing outpouring of support. At least embarrassing in front of someone Hitoshi's trying to impress. But Aizawa's pretty sure that boundary where affection goes from being cool to uncool is one of the honored hallmarks of guardianship. What if something goes wrong, and it falls back on us for failing to report you? Tamakawa challenges Aizawa with the attitude of a poker player betting their last chips. He's already struggling to progress in his career, in spite of having all the qualities for the job. And if Tamakawa had been the detective on this case, he'd have been with Aizawa and Shinso the first time they went to Shioko's apartment, maybe even before she'd abandoned it. So Tama might be reacting badly now, but if he'd been in a position befitting his ability in the first place, not only would this not have happened, but they might be further ahead on catching Shioko. I'll take responsibility for everything. It's all on me. Aizawa puts down his usual bluff, then adds a new one that he's yet to start circulating on his working relationship with Hitoshi develops, like a piece of film in a dark room. Hitoshi only uses his quirk when I approve of it. Most of the time, but that part isn't as important. Tama sounds more like Aizawa is confessing to a meth habit than an extremely powerful mentalist quirk. You can't be serious. You're letting him use his quirk? Sort of the same thing as a meth habit to some people, Aizawa supposes. Do you want a demo? Hitoshi offers cheekily, but his approach is perfectly sound. Fuck no, Tama hisses, while Aizawa and Hitoshi make eye contact over his shoulder. Hitoshi's, I'll do it, eyes meet the barrel of Aizawa's, not if I can help it, revolvers. An erasing gaze already loaded into the chamber. A tense quick draw that will give the game away if Tama catches Aizawa whipping his guns out on Hitoshi. But hell to pay if Aizawa doesn't stop Hitoshi snatching Tamakawa's mind without permission. Hitoshi should know better when it comes to consent, though, so part of Aizawa doesn't believe he'll really do it. Wait. Aizawa mouths at Hitoshi, then turns his gaze back to an ever more suspicious Tama, whose shoulder Aizawa's hand comes up to perch on. It's not a bad idea. If you let Hitoshi show you what it feels like to be under his quirk, you'll realize it's not the way you think it is. You don't know what I think it's like. Tamakawa retorts sharply and steps back a bit, ostensibly to remove Aizawa's hand from his shoulder, but also moving away from the door. Aizawa doesn't doubt that Tama would shake him off and charge straight past Aizawa if he really wanted to. This is contested territory, so there's still a chance to win. I know what I used to think it was like. Aizawa offers instead. But it's only frightening when you don't know what it is. I'm not frightened! Tama shoots indignantly, and then whips his head around to look at Atoshi. Alright then, kid. If you're so fucking special, go ahead and prove it. Atoshi looks like his birthday's come around again scarce weeks after he just had one. His jaw hanging an open grin of surprise for a moment before he says with a wicked competitive edge, Seriously? Yeah, fuck it. Show me. Just the end of Tama's word is pinched off as Aizawa watches him go quiet, almost sensing the phantom connection between the communication of his brain and body go down. Aizawa has a sudden thought about nights when Kayama would be free this week, when Itoshi suddenly addresses him next. You want to help me with this one, Teach? Not even a, 
It's not even a deliberation in Aizawa's mind. Just a matter of fact? Sure. Though like someone agrees to downing a shot they didn't have to pay for. The next moment, Itoshi's velvet fuzz fingers slip around Aizawa's scalp and pluck his thinking brain out of his body's control room, coddling it in those gangly, grow-into-them teenage hands. So first of all, deep breath, everyone. Itoshi starts out easy, and Aizawa welcomes the soothing rush of feeling his chest lifting like Itoshi's pumping a set of bellows gently into his lungs. Aizawa's watched Itoshi use this technique to stop a woman with a lethal wound and literally buy the extra time that saved her life. He knows it's the good shit. Tamakawa looks completely and utterly amazed. Short-circuited, almost. Like a cat with a piece of sliced cheese on its head in a viral video. His mouth hangs open, perfectly round. Gong bronze eyes that tighten almost to perfect slits and widen out as he breathes rhythmically. Now, if you're agreeing not to arrest me for using my quirk, you two should definitely shake on it. Hitoshi says like it's a suggestion. A child playing with dolls, acting out a scene as he's fancied it in his head. Izao doesn't resist the motion of his hand and arm lifting, but it looks like Tamakawa is giving it a go. He can try, but struggling with Itoshi is like trying to push into a void. There's simply nothing there to push against. Unless you're Aizawa, using his quirk to try and fight back. If he wants to. But that's a battle Tama's never going to experience. The softer parts of Tama's hands are exactly as squishy as Aizawa expected them to be when their palms meet and fingers clasp in a firm shake. Hopefully this is going to work, and Tama doesn't end up even more freaked out and paranoid about Hitoshi using his quirk. Hopefully, this literally hands-on demonstration will show Tamakawa that Hitoshi's quirk is only as fearful or frightening as the action he's being puppeted to do are. So shaking hands is pretty innocent, and his quirk, by turn, is only something to fear if you believe he's capable of anything worse than mischief. Then again, mischief could still be Hitoshi's middle name. So when his voice shifts in tone, that slyness, as I was coming to expect from him, it only seems natural Hitoshi should say, You two are usually pretty friendly, though. So maybe that's not enough. There's a short moment of shock, letting that sink in. Yamaguchi even does a little gasp. Better hug it out. Azao would laugh if you were in control of his body right now, which is, in the meantime, raising its arms around Tamakawa in a bear hug that Tama reciprocates with a little added tension in his body. Still resisting a little, perhaps. Not as wholly submitted as Aizawa is when Itoshi's got him by the strings. Aizawa wonders if Itoshi can feel those kinds of differences in the people he's got control of, and imagines he probably can. It's a fucking weird way to be outed as a secret sub, though perhaps the kid won't cotton on. Tamakawa's face is incomparably incom fluffy against Aizawa's face and neck, and he would be a liar to say he hadn't thought about rubbing his cheek on Tamakawa before. He didn't want to be rude, so he hasn't done it. Now that he and Tama have been folded together like paper chain men, there's no reason not to enjoy the delightful fuzz of a man-sized cat. Hitoshi doesn't keep them held more than a second after that, lifting his quirk like it's as easy as flipping a switch. Tama's arms drop right away, but Aizawa doesn't have an immediate reason to remove immediate reason to move on from what's proving to be an incredibly comfortable position in his post-brainwashing headspace. Aizawa is so relaxed, it could practically be called an afterglow. Didn't you let a racer go? Tama questions Satoshi suspiciously, 
though he hasn't actually tried to back away from the yoke of Aizawa's arms around him yet. Aizawa hears... He shut his eyes, feeling terribly disposed to a power nap all of a sudden. Hitoshi scoffing. <laughs> I did. This is around the time Aizawa's soft thought about Tama's fur turns out to be something he's saying out loud, evident not least by the way Tama shoves Aizawa off him with a burst of hysterical laughter. You're a fucking weird guy, you know that? You're not the first to point it out, Aizawa replies blankly, shaking the last vestiges of Hitoshi's quirk off. He wonders if Hitoshi can put people to sleep, something to test out later. Once they've got this Tamakawa shit sorted. So, we good here? Tamakawa looks agonized for a moment, but Atoshi's little wind-down trick might have worked on him too. Hopefully this wasn't too much. Aizawa would hug Tama without any quirks involved, and with a bit of luck, he's not the only one on that particular wavelength. He's pretty sure Tama likes him enough to be okay with it, but Aizawa's ready to apologize if this was all a massive misjudged fuck-up. However, it seems like they've gotten away with it, as with a grinding reluctance, Tamakawa says, As long as no one's getting hurt, I... I guess it's okay. Tama weighs Aizawa's proposition like the latest flavor of gourmet cat food. Well packaged and plated up like a meal, but still fucking cat food. But only until this case is over. That's fine, Aizawa insists. By that point, Tama will likely either be too grateful for being credited with his part in catching a famous killer, or the situation will be so fucked he's looking for a scapegoat, which Aizawa will gladly accept if that's what it comes to. It'll mean he's failed to catch Shioko, so it'll be the least he deserves. Tama turns to address Yamaguchi, who's looking rather perplexed by what she's been witness to, which is, if anything, an indicator that she's still sane. What do you think, rookie? I think, if you're sure it's okay, Yamaguchi's gaze keeps oscillating back and forth from Hitoshi to Tama. Like if she had trouble getting a read on him before, then her equipment's been totally smashed to bits now. The next part she says when her gaze has flipped back to Hitoshi, and bursts with sincerity, I don't really want to arrest you. Thanks for that. Hitoshi rolls with a cheers love, matter-of-factness, before plowing onwards. So now that's all. Actually, Yamaguchi interjects before Toshi can get too far ahead, and he pauses for a now what lift of his eyebrow. There's still something I was wondering about your, you know, the way you... What? Feeling left out? Hitoshi flexes right back to teasing, but going by the guilty way Yamaguchi jumps, he must be right. Well, I, uh, if everyone else had a go... Yamaguchi's actually bouncing her fingertips together, looking down past her glasses in a way that brings the rookie back into her appearance, wanting to be on the same level as her peers, to be sure there's nothing she's missing out on. Hitoshi's grin is, sure, is a sure thing of mischief when he says, Come here. Yamaguchi takes a few obliging steps towards him, and for a moment, as I was not sure if Hitoshi's already used his quirk or not, but then Hitoshi raises a hand, opened up an invitation for Yamaguchi's, and he marks the occasion with the question, Ready? Yamaguchi's cheeks flush day-glow red, already moving her hand towards Satoshi's as she responds with an ungainly, Uh-huh, and goes blank a moment later. If there was such a thing as mastery of the 100% mind, 
Aizawa wonders how much of it Itoshi's using right now. Yamaguchi's fingers freeze in the air at the exact place where she lost control, and Itoshi lifts a hand up to close the distance and tap her palm curiously. Aizawa wonders how much he's been able to test these kinds of things before, using his quirk in a situation that's not frantic and rushed. He says, Touch your nose for me. Yamaguchi's hand moves slowly, making it all the way up to boop her forefinger against her nose, when she blinks heavily and moves her hand freely back down. Oh! Yamaguchi honks more than speaks. That wasn't what I was expecting. Hitoshi gives a pleasant laugh, at least judging by his laughter scale that more laughter scale that more often hangs around disdainful and outright fucking scary. What were you expecting? I don't know. Yamaguchi gives a nervous laugh, almost girlish for a sweeping moment. She adjusts her glasses, crossing her arms over her front thoughtfully. You better get your record straightened out soon, okay? This is a serious warning. Hidoshi seems tickled by Yamaguchi's attempts to browbeat him and retaliates by turning her back into a flush-faced, figuring-it-out girl with a smooth, Sure thing, Yankumi. Tamakawa is looking less frantic, which is good, but he's also using his head clearly enough to ask tricky questions like, Does Sakachi know about the kid? Thankfully, a battle Aizawa and Hitoshi have already fought. Yeah, he's up to speed, Aizawa answers. That's tougher for Tama again, realizing that he's been left in the dark, especially when this had been his case from the very start. It must be agonizing to watch the gem of a killer he found being cut and polished by someone else. I actually came by because I wanted to see the zombie. Do you know where they're keeping him? Tamakawa gives a scornful laugh at the lot he's been left with. Aizawa truly feels for him. He needs to buy the poor guy a beer, or several, sometime soon. Maybe not tonight, though. Aizawa's got a long list of activities lined up already. One loud blonde, in particular. Fuck it, Tama declares as he raises his hands in an I-give-up resignation. He's locked in one of the holding cells up by the psych's office. Aizawa steps away from the door finally sure that they've managed to defuse this powder keg, and lets Tama go before him to leave the room. Before you ask why he's up there, Sakachi wanted him moved for some reason. Close to Dr. Awaya's office. Aizawa turns over like a new piece in a 3D puzzle, when his phone bursts into amorous song, and Aizawa's heartbeat rockets up a few dozen BPM. Oh, I know who that is. Hitoshi's ready to taunt. But if he only fucking knew. I have to take this. Aizawa announces to a council of faces that range from what an awful ringtone to teacher's old lady has him so whipped. If Hitoshi ever puts two and two together with Aizawa's personal life and his overwillingness to mess around with Hitoshi's quirk, he might get a lot further with his guesstimations of what Aizawa's got waiting for him on the other side of that phone, which is somewhere between a full-scale natural disaster and the end of the world at least according to Hizashi. Striding out the side door of the police station, the way they all came in, Aizawa answers the phone approximately the entire length of his arm away from his ear, which is the very closest he wants to be for the microphone-blowing voice of Hizashi as he belts the accusation, You've got some splainin' to do! With that out of the way, Aizawa brings the phone up to his ear and only has a slight ringing in it as he says, I know. I'm sorry. 
Hizashi's next offering is a big, exasperated sigh, and Aizawa thinks it must be the break for lunch at school. Not that he's got to worry about getting back to that routine anytime soon. So, dropped out for a bit? Hizashi brings back Aizawa's hastily dealt words with appropriate scathing, but Aizawa always knew that would happen. I've taken a leave of absence. Nezu's okay with it, Aizawa supplies methodically. He suspended Toshi this morning. Fuck, Hizashi replies emphatically, so Aizawa figures he must be somewhere alone. What for? Used his cork on one C. Double fuck. Used it on all of them? That's what I said, Aizawa replies with a hopeful grin. He was prepared for the worst, but maybe Aizawa's luck's going to last a little longer. Zashi knows enough about Aizawa and Hitoshi to realize why things would end up this way. We've got to solve this case. I don't think there's much time. Aizawa can sense a terrible wave approaching, and he has to stop it before it breaks on a cursed shore. Hizashi's not gone full apocalyptic, which fills Aizawa with a desperate relief and appreciation that only intensifies when his partner simply asks, Do you need help? No, Aizawa replies solidly, and before Aizawa can shota him, and before Hizashi can shota him, he preempts, I'll be home tonight. We can talk then. He doesn't mean all that. Aizawa doesn't really want to talk with Hizashi at home at all. It's everything else he can do with Hizashi at home that Aizawa craves. The antidote to this wretched fucking case that has taken over his life in all other respects. Don't you dare say you will if you're going to get caught up and then drop off the map. Hizashi warns tersely, but Aizawa's aching for him. So tired he almost fell asleep on Tama, for fuck's sake. I'm coming home, Hizashi. Aizawa says for keeps and his heart lifts at the new huffy sound of exasperation on the other end of the line. You better. This time Aizawa is the one who offers. Love you. Yeah, yeah, love you too, Hizashi groans. See you tonight, ass face. Bye. Aizawa hangs up and takes a moment to breathe. That could have gone much worse. Now he just has to figure out how the fuck he's going to make it home tonight. Easier said than done.